Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show where we explore our guests' biography through the music they listen to and the songs that take them back to the moments in their lives who make them who they are today. I'm Richard Chinqui. My guest this week is Tatum Bates. Tatum is a sophomore theater major at Florida Gulf Coast University, though a lot of her acting takes place outside of classes. She's acted in plays, musicals, and films produced all over Florida, and she also shows off her work in special effects movie makeup on TikTok. I first met Tatum in the voiceover acting class that I co-teach at Florida Gulf Coast University, and as she's gradually gone from aspiring stage and screen actress to aspiring animation voice actress, she was also joining the host team of Razzle Dazzle, the pop culture podcast hosted by our own Jared Gonzalez. Having interviewed all of the other hosts on that podcast already, when she joined up, I knew I was going to ask her sooner or later, and here she is. Hey there, Tatum. Hello. Hi. Uh, Real fast. Uh, give me three character voices saying, hey, Richard. Oh, okay. Uh, like just random? Yeah. Hi, Richard. One. Hi, Richard. Yeah, two. Hi, Richard. <laughs> Which of those did you like? Uh, <laughs> probably the third one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so thanks for playing along. Um, to, <laughs> so have you listened to any music today? Yes. Yes, I have. What'd you listen to? Oh my gosh. I listened to it's a song by a band called Van Sire. It's called Meta Modern Meta Modern I don't know how to say the Modernity? Title. Yeah. They say it weird in the song, so I'm like, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> but yeah, I've listened to that. What kind of music is it? Uh I would say, oh gosh. I have it under a playlist called like Goblin Vibes. So <laughs> that is uh Goblin Mode is the word yep. of the year. I just found that out with that like the, the Oxford the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's probably like, uh, like I don't want to say indie pop because it it doesn't really have words. It's like techno, like I don't know, just like Goblin vibes. That sounds, sounds like sounds like indie music, but without lyrics. Yeah, yeah, or it's like the same lyric over and over. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, can you describe for me? The musical background of your childhood. Yeah. So I listened to a lot of what my mom and dad listened to, which was a lot of my mom leaned more into into like 70s and 80s and like 90s music. So she listened to a lot of the Bee Gees and uh, a lot of like um, the police, Toto, uh, Tears for Fears, a lot of that side mm-hmm. of that generational genre I want to say and then my dad was more like 80s 90s rock so ACDC Led Zeppelin uh, Guns N' Roses like that kind of so it was like the same genre but in different fonts almost like that. that that was my entire musical background and then I grew up with early 2000s so like Kesha and I listened to Britney Spears and then a lot of like just those pitbull, like just that very common 2000s Y2K pop. Yeah, club pop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When did you first realize that music could do something more than just be something to listen to, that it could be something that could affect you or move you? Um, I would say probably late middle school, early high school was when I would listen to music and be like, oh, this makes me feel a certain type of way. Do you remember like, any of those? Um, one of them, it's like, 
I remember one song. It's not on my list or anything. No, no. But um, do you remember that playlist by or that album by U2 that Apple put on everyone's oh cell yeah phones. it came it came with the iphone yes. and you couldn't really get rid of it and you either loved it or you hated it and most people i remember the album it. you're talking about yeah i loved one specific song from them and it was called california mm-hmm. and for some reason like i remember consciously like playing it because i was like eh, i bet it's not gonna be that good like i don't know and i played it and i was like oh my gosh like i couldn't describe the feeling that it made me feel almost like nostalgia i want to say but i was so young that i'm like nostalgia for what like Mm. i don't know but it it just made me feel like whole and then that's also when i started diving more into musicals like musical theater so that also started to have more meaning to me as well so it affected me like both on a personal and on more of like a career level there's a word uh help me out here jared there's a word that means nostalgia for a place or for a time that you didn't experience fernway spell it f-e-r-n yeah w-e-h what language is it german fernway i think we're gonna we're gonna say with my very bad german (laughs) fernway far sickness and refers to feeling homesick for a place you've never been or could never go yeah far sickness right yeah Yeah. that's how a lot of my music makes me feel Mm. like it's just like a I can't describe it, like, just, like, a certain type of way. Like, when you get, like, deja vu when you first walk into a room that you've never been in before, yeah. that's, like, the vibes just I go for. Just a matrix glitching out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if it makes me feel like I'm in Inception, then I like it. So you mentioned, you know, you were also getting into musical performance yes. at the time. What is your earliest memory of seeing somebody perform live, like, in the room? Ooh. Could be on stage, could be a musician... Okay, so because I performed when I was very young. My first musical I was ever in was in the third grade, and then I performed ever since then. What but was that, What was that musical? I was in Mulan Jr. <laughs> I played the chorus, and then like the next year I was in Little Mermaid, and I played Chef Louis, the French chef. Les Poissons. Les Poissons. And then in fifth grade I was – my breaking out role as the white rabbit in Alice in Wonderland. But like all those were me performing. I don't know what my first memory is of watching someone else perform. I remember like just growing up, like being so used to it because my mom is also very theatrical. So I was just used to like just being in that performance mode, like watching people perform was just like a normal part of my life. Mm, okay. So I constantly grew up. You never don't it. remember seeing people perform yeah, because, yeah. like, people were just always performing, and I was always performing with them 99% of the time. So I was like, oh, okay, like, everyone does this. Aha. It is normal. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, completely normal. <laughs> Do you have um, siblings? I have two older sisters, not theatrical or artsy in the slightest. Oh, you got it all. Like, you absorbed all Yeah, of like, my theater. mom was, like, surprised that I was in theater. Like, they're both in veterinary medicine, mm. and then I was, like, theater, and my mom was, like, Oh, finally. <laughs> so, yeah, I got kid. I got all of it. <laughs> okay. Um did they impact any of your musical tastes as older siblings sometimes do? Um not really like cuz they are if we were closer in age, they mm-hmm. probably would have, but they are 8 and 10 years older than me. So, they were already listening to like much different music than me. Like my sister somehow we all kind of all three branched out. So my one sister listens a lot to country music. Mm-hmm. Um, 
don't know where I don't know where she got big it. on your list. I, I'm taking it from the not face really. Thing. I just don't know where she got it. No oh. one in my family <laughs> listens to it. Yeah. And then um, my other sister, despite not being a theatrical person, like she doesn't do theater or acting or anything, she listens to a lot of um, Disney show tunes, Greatest Showman, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, and she's like, I don't know. I just like it, but. I don't listen to many musicals myself, so it's kind of like a funny trade-off. It's not something you listen to recreationally. Yeah. if There will be like one or two songs I like from a soundtrack that I just like because they have like a character voice or something. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Is that the most fun part for you? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I thought it might be. Um, yeah. Do you remember the first music that you owned that was yours? Oh, my gosh. Um, ooh, I'm trying to think because I know I got – like when I was younger, I got an iPod from my sisters. Mm-hmm. So like it just had like whatever kind of what was on there. Well, yeah. So did any of their iPod stuff stay? Um, you just burn it. <laughs> I mean, I think when I got to it, I would just like skip it until I got to like the songs <laughs> I liked. Like okay. there were like some country, but like I listened to a lot of uh, like early pop and early two thousands pop and stuff like that. Like that is probably like the foundation. Of which, like, my music tastes were built, and then everything came secondary. Okay. So so what was the first one that was yours outright? Hmm. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think. Like, I – because I got, like, all the phones I got were, like, flip phones that were, like, passed down for my sisters and stuff like that. Um, it's interesting to me that your response to my question about music that was yours is a phone response. Um, I understand it because uh, it makes sense. Um, mm. So I'm going to ask you one of the questions we often ask. Okay. When was the last time that you bought physical music? I have a lot of vinyls. So like if that, so you have purchased. No, I the, the question can be part of the phone thing. I'm just <laughs> I was just interested in if you had any physical music around. Yeah. But as far as uh, music you, of your own, um, something that like, you know, your parents weren't like here. This is great. Listen to it. Oh. Or your sisters were like, here's my iPod. Oh. But, like something that was like, this is my music. Yes. So there's an artist named Melanie Martinez mm-hmm. that a lot of people um, in Gen Z, like usually a specific group of people like she kind of broke out on the voice and a lot of people just like resonated with her music because it gave off these weird like dark vibes but still kind of pop like her music just very strange but around middle school when I was kind of developing my own music taste I was like oh my gosh she's amazing <laughs> and I fell in love with her and listened to her all the time so that would be the that my sisters listened to her and they were like who is this like what is she singing about and I'm like you wouldn't understand She's so. the Zoomer queen. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yes. Literally, yes. So. <gasps> All right. Um, were there any instruments being played in the house? Not by me. Um, Anybody else? My oldest sister, Brianna, she played the violin for a little bit. And then my other sister, Courtney, I don't I don't remember her playing any instruments. Not ones that she at least – I think she was in band, like, in middle school. But, like – I don't think she kept with her anything. The only one I would say is Brianna with her violin. But by the time I got old enough to like ever hear her, she had aged out of high school. So mm. it's not like I heard it very often. Okay. If if you could play one, <laughs> which I saw immediately on your face, uh, if you could play any instrument in like immediately with mastery, Matrix style, what would you put in your brain? Electric guitar. Yeah. 
I just love it. I listen because I do listen to a lot of like 80s, 90s rock that has like a really long guitar solo. And I'm yeah. like, man, if I could do that. Oh, got a double solo. Ooh, <sighs> yeah. I'm like, man, if only I could. You someday, can. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> I will pick it up someday. The day is not today. It's not tomorrow, but it's someday. All right. Um, all right. I think it's time to get to your first song. Yeah. Um, uh, what did you bring us for your first song? So <laughs> it's called Housewares Employee mm-hmm. but, uh, from Evil Dead the Musical, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which a lot of people don't know is a musical. It happens to be one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell the story or listen to the music first? I'm going to tell the story first. Yeah, sure. Just so it's not as like random and jarring. Yeah. And but... for the record, so for our listeners, so Evil Dead the film, the Bruce Campbell movie set – there is a Broadway and off-Broadway musical yeah. of it. <laughs> yep. Okay, just <laughs> – No, yeah. So because um, I kind of mentioned that I got into more musical theater when I was in middle school. Even though mm-hmm. I wasn't in elementary school, I started to actually be like, oh, I could – this is like a passion of mine in middle school and high school. So I did a lot of like private acting coaching. Not a lot. I did a little bit of private acting coaching just with like – some just some people around the area and essentially I was starting to develop in theater it's like what's your brand like are you a uh are you the love interest are you the leading male are you the comic sidekick like and you see in films all the time like oh that person is generally casted as a b or c a character actor Yeah. yeah so what happened was that in middle school for context, I had braces. I had super dark hair. Like I didn't know how to do makeup correctly. So I was just I was just a normal middle school kid trying to grow up and fit in, right? And what happened was I met a director who had told me when I was about 12 or 13 that I would never play the pretty girl. I would never play the love interest. I would never play the lead female. He essentially said that Um, I might as well get tattoos and piercings because I'm only going to be the comedic side relief my whole life. And even though, like, I mean, being a middle schooler, like, what people say, like, means stuff. But at the same time, I was just going through my own stuff. So I was like, okay, boop, 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 and be bopped. And it was kind of whatever. And I didn't really realize the impact that, like, what an adult had said to me had an impact on me. Like, I didn't realize that until... A little bit later. So it connects to this song because about, I want to say probably like a year after I was told that, I actually, because I had been cast as the comedic side character most of Mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. And so about a year after he said that, I was in a show, Evil Dead the Musical, and I immediately was cast as the leading romantic interest in the musical and I was the blonde preppy girl who was in love with the main character and it's like oh ash like the entire thing and I I was like he never ended up seeing the show but it didn't matter to me like I was like I I did that like that was no one else I proved him wrong and I didn't I didn't need his validation or his confirmation like that was entirely me. And it's very reassuring that I was able to prove that 
to myself and it didn't matter like whether or not I needed to prove it to anyone else. So, and this song that I chose was the very first song that me and the lead character sing, or it's a duet between us. And it's a love ballad, which I, kind of a comedic love ballad, but I was like, I never would have thought that I would be singing that. So it's a song that's very like near and dear to my heart. Wouldn't it be great if he's a fan of this show? (laughs) (sighs) That would be so interesting. (laughs) Um... All right. Well, let's let's hear this song. Um, it, it's Housewares employee. It's uh, Tatum Bates' first song here on Three Song Stories. Uh, the song is from Evil Dead, the musical from the original cast recording released in two thousand and seven. Housewares employee. Tatum. Yes. Shop smart. Shop smart. <laughs> I have seen that musical so many times, and it just gets better every single time I see it. <laughs> so. Um, how does the song fit into your regular life nowadays? Do you listen to it? Is it, you know? Oh, yeah. I definitely listen to it. Like, it's just, I don't know, for some reason, it's so, like, easy for me to get into because it's also so campy. Yeah. And I see myself it's, in that. It's evil. De- like, it's, it's so fun. Definitionally campy. And, yeah. like, if no one, like, if you haven't seen the musical, you need to. Like, it's one of those cult classics, like, it, it also jams all three of the films into like one thing. Like it, 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 I think it, so. it conglomerates like the different movies into something more compact. There's like, yeah, there's so many like inside jokes, yeah. like just stupid stuff. <laughs> like there's a splash zone like, <laughs> for blood. And oh, I, I specifically saw it in October. I drove four to five hours. My family drove four to five hours to see it twice because I was like, oh, I really want to see it again. Like, Had you seen it before you were in it? No, I was in it, didn't know anything of what it was about. And then I played all the songs and they're super like that's probably the cleanest song in the yeah. entire thing. Like super raunchy, cuss words, blood, like all these adult themes. And I was like, I think 15, 16 at the time. And I was like, <laughs> Mom, I want to be in a show. <laughs> well, um, you know, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because uh, you have been uh, a zombie. Yes. You have been <laughs> uh, like on screen. You have mm-hmm. been a kind of like a slasher, psychotic <laughs> character. Yes. Right? Yes, I have. And so it's funny because, um, you know, we're this is this is audio, but so people can't see you, mm-hmm. but you don't you don't track visually as like <laughs> the psycho killer character. That's what I get told. Um, and I and. It You know, there's always like, oh, well, but that's why, because it's like unassuming. But I mean, like literally, like if you were typecasting, mm-hmm. you wouldn't cast you as those. But several of your roles have been that. Yes. Um, do you have like a like a predilection to those roles? Do you enjoy like is this, is this something that's kind of just like a, a fun thing for you or ha- has it just worked out that way? I have always loved horror. Mm-hmm. I love like my plan after I graduate college is I a dream of mine has always been to do be a scare actor at Halloween Horror Nights. So, like, I've always just – and I love special effects makeup. Like, I don't know. I just – I love it. Like, I guess one of my dreams would also be to be, like, a scream queen. Like, be that <laughs> first yeah. iconic death in, like, a stupid, campy horror movie. Like, that's that's a passion of mine. Like, I just I just love the genre. And I don't know. I think it's really cool. I also think it's cool that I am unassuming. Like, no one – I have been told like, oh, your type is like girl next door cheerleader. And I'm like, those aren't really the roles that I would play. So it's like it's really fun to hear other people's um, not assumptions, but how they would cast me Mm -hmm. because 
I've done that before. I've sat in front of a room of people who I didn't know and was like, how would you cast me? And all of them were like, cheerleader, girl next door, like da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, that's funny. I have not been cast. I mean, I've been cast as the love interest now, but I'm like, I, at the time, I was like, I haven't been cast as any of those. And I'm yeah. okay with that. <laughs> I'm perfectly okay with that. Cool. Um, now, would that include uh, that that dream for those things? Would that include voice acting? Um, like, are you interested in doing kind of like horror characters? I I want to get more into voice acting any way I can. I've always been drawn to character voices. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I just think it's fun. I think it's just cool to be like, I voice that character and to be like, you look nothing like that. I just, I really like that like reveal kind of thing. So like if someone was like, hey, we need you to be a animated voice artist and you get murdered two seconds into the thing, I'd be like, okay, done. I would do it in a heartbeat. So we should so we should look for a role where you're like a stone monster or some like yeah, giant just something super thing. random. Yeah. Like doesn't make any sense okay. and I'm just there. Yeah. All right. Um <laughs> what was the uh what was the last musical that you saw? We're going to pivot hard. What was the last musical that you saw uh performed? Evil Dead. <laughs> it was it was Evil Dead. Uh how when was that? It was it was in October, so I saw it twice. Oh my god! October. Um, and what was the last one you performed in? Ooh, the last one I performed in. It's been a while because we haven't done them uh, since before COVID at FGCU yet, yet. So, um, the last one I performed in, I want to say, I think it was in high school. I think it was my senior year in high school. I was in. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, love Little Shop of Horrors. Another yes. horror movie musical. Yes. Kind of. I mean, horror comedy musical. Both of yes. them. You like campy. I love campy yeah. horror uh, musicals. Does, did the Little Shop you were in end with the happy ending or the oh, no. destructive ending? Okay, oh, good. yeah. Okay. Plants took over. Plants vines over. dropped from the ceiling. Spoiler alert if you're 50 <laughs> years behind the uh, – yeah, the original version does not – uh, does not, not work out great for uh, Stanley Seymour. Seymour doesn't work out well for Seymour. <laughs> um, do you have a dream role uh, or dream production, like stage theater that you'd always wanted to be in? Um. Okay. So I'm gonna give you two answers. Sure. Okay. Because one of them is in Evil Dead. So I will give you an, an additional answer. So one of them is Cheryl from Evil Dead because I played Linda, but I love Cheryl. So that's one of them. But like that. I feel like that's pretty attainable because a lot of theaters like do that around Halloween. The other one, I would say, I think it would be so fun either being Fiona or Donkey in Shrek. <laughs> either I, or. I think I would do a pretty snazzy job. That's a really fun role. You kind of strike me as a Fiona. Like, like I've been you know, told. I get that. They were that... like, yeah, you could be Fiona. I'm like, yeah. It's because she's like, she's the love interest, but she's also funny and quirky and like – very also not super make girly balloons out at of, times. Out of, out of, out of uh, woodland animals. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that you also would want to be Donkey. <laughs> That's funny I to just me. think he's so fun and <laughs> he sings some of my favorite songs in the musical. Sure. <laughs> All right. Shrek the musical is the answer to that question. So good. Yes. Shrek. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I also uh, – w- one of the films that does not – it doesn't involve – Gore or horror that you are in <laughs> uh, that I have also watched was uh, Heartstrings. Oh, um, my gosh. Which uh, is something that you made. Yeah. Um, I really liked that. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, so you're, you're in it. You're, you're the sole um, role in it, but you also yeah. created it. Um, 
Was that for school or was yeah. that? Yeah. It was for, um, there's a professor here named Barry Cavan and he did a film study class and that was our final assignment to make a short film. And for some reason, my brain was like, I was, I genuinely was trying to go on a horror comedy route. Like <laughs> yeah. that was what I was gun ho for. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then something happened in my life. And I was like, hmm, what if I did this instead? Because I knew I didn't want to use other actors because it's just too much. Like, it's just too much to get everyone's schedules. And then it was just a lot. And I was like, I know no matter what I want to do, I want it to be, I want to be the only actor in it. That way I can film it at whatever time I need. I'm not rushed, all that stuff. And yeah, I just kind of created it and did it. And then I showed it for class and then I took it to a film festival in Benita. And yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I thought the music um, was really well used in that. Um, how did you come by the music? Um, public domain. Public domain. I, okay, I, I saw was, the credit, but I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I just went on. I don't remember what I searched up. Like, oh, gosh. I don't know. I knew I wanted something that was like violin and like very soft with mm-hmm. like a dramatic kind of thing happening in ba- I'm not yeah. a musical person so I'm like I knew I wanted to be so and then dramatic but like I I did probably search for music for hours and that was probably like the 100th something thing I came across and then I came across the entire entire his axle tree like his entire thing and his music I was like oh my gosh I I love it and so yeah I listened to it and I was like oh this is perfect. It was like all the pieces coming together kind of moment. I saw a light. Like it was fantastic. Cool. Uh, it has occurred to me, uh, I want to do your second song, but mm-hmm. just as we've been talking, it's occurred to me, uh, have you seen Tucker and Dale? No. Tucker and Dale versus Evil is I've a movie it, that is made it. for Tatum Bates. <laughs> it just doesn't have any songs in it, but it also <gasps> would be the it would be a really good musical if they're oh there okay, gosh. I I say that not knowing there could very well be a musical. I wouldn't There's like a musical for I wouldn't be surprised. Nowadays. But it's about it's about uh two guys who are like um kind of like horror movie redneck guy, looking guys, but mm-hmm. they're just regular guys. And they they're going up to their cabin to fix it up in the in the woods, and there's a bunch of college kids who are also going to be camping by that lake in the woods. Mm-hmm. And every interaction that they have, the college kids think that they're murderers, like that they're you know <laughs> slashers, and they're just like they're just friends. They're just two buddies out for this trip, and uh, a series of misadventures leads the college kids to thinking that they're being killed off by by mm-hmm. Tucker and Dale. Mm-hmm. And Tucker and Dale think that the college kids are, like, in a suicide <laughs> cult. Like, that they're killing themselves yeah. inexplicably. Um, it's It's got Alan Tudyk, uh, Wash from Firefly, or uh, if you really want, he's the <laughs> he's the Duke of Wesselton in oh, Frozen. Okay. <laughs> Weaseltown. Um, yes. The girl that is in it starts as the, oh, this is, like, pretty blonde love interest character, mm-hmm. and then quickly becomes, like, oh, there's, like, a lot going on with this character, and <laughs> she's she's kind of a funny horror scream queen character. Nice. I think you'd I think you'd dig that role and, oh, and yeah. that movie. So, okay, without digressing anymore about that, um, <laughs> let's do your second song. I'll listen to it first, because this one, more people know yeah, than the I first probably, one. Yeah, I probably, yeah. All right, uh, well, then, let's let's... Uh, let's kick it off. This is Tatum Bates' second song from the 1982 album Toto 4. This is Africa by Toto on Three Song Stories, its biography through music. 
For my 16th birthday, my family got me tickets to see Toto live, and I was ecstatic. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, it so far has been my first and only concert that I've ever been to. I was the only person below the age of 40 there, but <laughs> I, I loved it. I, oh my gosh, just, I, it's once again, like one of those things I just can't describe, but like the music, like it's just so, it speaks to my soul, man. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's so pretty to me. And I don't know. It takes me back to listening to it with my mom and dad. It takes me back to being in the concert and just being surrounded by the lights and the people and just being so immersed in it. Also, when I saw in concert, like that little like synth solo, Mm -hmm. they made that like six minutes long. So it was like super, (laughs) they saved it to the very end, of course. But it also takes me to, um, so my dad fixes cars for a living. He's an auto body collision center worker. And uh, at one point we got a, was it a 64? It was a Chevy Nova. Oh yeah. And very beautiful and got it for my mom. And my mom's favorite color is purple. So he completely redid it and painted it this beautiful, royal, shiny purple for my mom. And so she would take me out in it and we would just cruise the town and just crank up the music, crank down the windows. And we would just blare like this. We would blare Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne. (laughs) Such a good song. Um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Just anything kind of like in that pocket genre of like 80s 90s rock and it was it just it was so beautiful like when like your head's just like so filled like you're so stressed out with stuff and you just like need to take a moment in your car and you just turn up the music and roll down the windows and just drive Hmm. that's like immediately where my brain goes every single time I listen to this song Uh, as far as first concerts go, that's a pretty good start, you know, like you're, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a long way to go down from there. Um, do you ever listen to uh, live albums or live performances of things instead of like a studio version? Um, sometimes not usually when it comes to rock, but there's an artist that I listen to. His name's Bo Burnham. I know Bo Burnham. Yeah. Everybody. I love him. So I always listen to live performances of like his stuff. You no know Bo. Yeah. I I love, I love uh, There is one song that he does that I prefer his studio version. Mm-hmm. Repeat stuff. <laughs> repeat so stuff. So repeat stuff's yes. really good live, but like there's a there's a YouTube music video of Bo mm-hmm. Burnham's repeat stuff, and it's incredible. I highly recommend the music video. Yeah, I almost his, chose one of his songs for these. Which one? Comedy, either comedy from inside or mm, uh, mm. goodbye from inside. <sighs> Both of those. They're so beautiful. Yeah, both of those They're are really so solid. They're so beautiful. All right. Um, well, uh, if he were to tour again, is that maybe something that would bridge the gap between, you know, theater and live music would get you maybe to a second concert ever? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> if I found out he was going on tour, not a thing in this world could stop me go. from going to one of his performances. Um, so uh, excluding a mythical Bo Burnham tour <laughs> – uh, who, living or dead, would you love to see perform live in their prime? You know, like what? Ooh, um, it's hard because I have a lot of like favorite songs from people, but sure. I have to think about someone who would, I want to see as like a whole, like an entire album from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So there's this artist who I've been wanting to see on tour for a while. 
Um, his name is, and I'm sure there's a more intellectual answer. I just can't think of that many artists who are like older, who are like the answer like, you want is the one that you want. Yeah. But um, his name's Ryan Caraveo. He's okay. a rapper on Spotify, and oh, his music's just so beautiful. To me, it gives off those like Kid Cudi vibes, mm. where it's like he has some music that's super like positive energy and it's not hardcore rap at all but he has some that are like really deep and like like make you look inside yourself and like very like and his music just it constantly switches on the same album like back to back so i i think i definitely want to go to one of his concerts okay um how often do you perform in front of people almost every day (laughs) like literally like just yesterday did a duet in class uh tomorrow improv uh, like I, like if we're talking about like shows and classes, like actually performing like a monologue or something like that, probably, probably two to three times a week if I don't have a show. And then if I have a show, probably like five to six times a week. So pretty often. Wow. <laughs> um, is it easy to pick up and drop roles or do they stay with you? Like how, how sticky are the things that you have to do? Um, you know, in front of people? Um, so when I was in high school, I I didn't know a lot of the deeper stuff when it came to theater. Like, a lot of it's really easy, especially in high school, because you're already going through so much to just be like, I'm just going to get on stage and say the lines, and mm-hmm. that'll be that. I'm not going to think about them. But as soon as I got to college, I was like, oh, the line should mean oh, something to me. Yeah. yeah, tactics, what are you doing? What do you want? Like, all of that stuff. And I started to learn more from the professors here who are absolutely amazing and made me actually like think about theater and acting. Um, Sometimes it's hard. It's like I have friends who have seen me in shows who like after I'm done, they'll be like, are you okay? Just because sometimes you have to bring yourself like I had a class last week that we were just doing Shakespeare monologues something that I never really thought I would connect to in that way just because it's it's Shakespeare. Like, it's hard to understand and that stuff. And I did work with it and we worked with it, whatever. And then by the end of class, I literally was, like, crying, like, feeling, like, all these emotions during this line of Shakespearean text. And sometimes it's hard because if you're one of those people who personalizes something that's really deep and powerful and meaningful to you, it can hurt you. Like you have to make sure to be like, I've been around actors who have done that and it's a very dangerous game because they're like, they'll have to be like, sit down and be like, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. And I don't do work like that because that is, uh, that's really dangerous to me. That's scary to me. So um, it's, it's easy to joke about and be like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Like after a performance, but it, it does Sometimes it's hard. Some roles will stick with you if they're like if they mean a lot to you and you're really close with the like relatable to the character. And sometimes it's like, eh, like I did that role. It was whatever. So um, I think that you're hitting something really big, um, especially, you know, people think that that the physicality of being in the room to do those is is a limit there. But Travis Willingham and Laura Bailey, who are two very big voice actors uh, and are married, um, did uh, the roles of two characters in Full Metal Alchemist where one of them uh, fights and kills the other one in a very violent battle. Like it's it's not a murder, it's a fight, but like mm-hmm. it's 
a lot on the screen because they're really going after each other and they're screaming at each other. And uh, I think they've talked about before that after they got all that in the can, that he actually went into like therapy for it, or at least did some counseling about it because he felt bad <laughs> about mm-hmm. this thing that he and his wife had 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 to pretend to do in in their voices. They weren't right. you know they weren't running around a stage or in front of cameras. They were sitting probably yeah. or maybe standing in front of microphones. But like you know, this is a show about stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that while these stories are about things that did really happen, I think one of the magic things about stories, like fictional stories, movies and film and theater, and is that uh, you can feel a real feeling about something that didn't ever happen. Yeah. So then if you're the one pretending that it happened, you know, that, that stuff might echo inside. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. I was literally just a few weeks ago in a show here where – I played a wife and a mother, which obviously I have no experience of doing. So, <laughs> like, there's this one part where my husband's who played by a freshman. <laughs> he, so I'm just, like, talking to this kid. And he's essentially ruining his reputation and about to do something very bad that will look poorly on the entire family and get us eventually, like, kind of, like, exiled from the town and shunned by my whole family. And I start screaming at him. He's like, he says something and I'm like, but towards your family, Thomas, towards your home, do you think that's doing your duty towards those you have to provide for? And for some reason, that line got me every time, even though I don't have a husband. I don't have children. I don't have anyone mm-hmm. who I'm providing for except for my pets. Yeah. Like, it I can see me. you. I can see you reacting to it. It hit now. me in such a strange way yeah. that like I cried on stage every single time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't know why. Like. It, it's so strange. And it's like, I've never, I don't have any experience of doing this. Mm. Like, mm. it's it's so strange. But then there's some roles where it's like, oh, I relate to doing this. So that's why I'm crying. Mm. But it's, it's. Uh. Is there a song that does that to you where if you hear it, it's you have basically like no defense against the emotional payload? Um, I don't, I don't think there's a song that necessarily like. I think in certain contexts, different songs hit me in different ways. Mm. There's never been a song that I've listened to when like a very traumatic experience in my life happened, which I think is probably a good thing because then I would never be able to like hear that song the same way again. That's one of the questions we ask is there's like one that you avoid. Yeah. Um, There's like certain songs I avoid because the lyrics don't sit because they remind me of traumatic experiences, Mm. but None that I'm like, I listened to the day this happened. Sure, sure. So none like that. Just ones where I'm like, oh, the lyrics remind me of something bad. So I'm just going to hide that on Spotify. <laughs> but nothing that I'm like, this takes me back. Right, like nothing right. like that. What is your kind of big plan going forward uh, specifically like with voice acting, but in general, like acting and all that stuff? Well, I thought I had a pretty good idea, but then I fell in love with voice acting. This has a been lot a fun more. class uh, to catch our listeners up. Um, oh. I, I co-teach a voice acting class um, with Garrett Vandermeer, um, who uh, heads up the theater department here on campus, and Ooh. we love having you guys come in and explore that because usually it's theater students who have not done voice, mm-hmm. and it's a whole new ball game when you can't play to the room with your body or with your face, um, yeah. and you have to learn how to do lots of things differently. Uh, you took to it like kind of like a fish to water. Which is crazy because I've always been interested in it, but I've never done it. Like I've always been like – it's always been like a secret little passion of mine, but I've never had the tools or the means to go about it. Like 
and I had no one who could teach me really. So I was just kind of like, I guess I'll figure it out at some point. And then I got in the class and I was like, I love this a lot more than I was planning on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, But in a good way, like it new, shifted. New branch. You can yeah, see it. Yeah. yeah it shifted kind of like what I want to do because I'm always looking for ways to expand my like realm of like things I can show directors or things I can use to get gigs or get my foot in the door at least in some project. And so my original plan was to, after I graduate in a few years, I want to stay relatively local in the area. I want to do Halloween Horror Nights because it's always been a passion of mine and I just love it. And then eventually I want to go to Georgia because that's where a lot, a lot of jobs and films and TV shows are going. So I think it would probably be in my best interest to move somewhere over there. And it's a lot closer than like L.A. and California and all that stuff because I still want to be close to my family because mm. that's important to me. But now that voice acting has kind of put a little planted a little seed in my brain, I'm like, whoo, I don't know what to do with this. But the good thing about it is if I set up a studio at home, it's something I could do remotely if need be. Mm-hmm. Which is very, very good. So I don't know. I've fallen in love with voice acting. I want to say like almost the same level as like stage theater, which is shocking because I've done stage theater for since the third grade, almost my entire life. So it's like kind of like giving me whiplash to think about. Have you watched um, In a World? No. There's a movie about voice actors. I think you'd, you'd really like Ooh, it. Yeah, yes. In a world. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, it is uh, unfortunately time for your last song here. So um, what what song are we going to hear first? Uh, it's going to be Kilby Girl mm-hmm. by the Backseat Lovers. And you want to talk about it first or do you want to listen to it first? Uh, I'll talk about it first. Okay, go. So my boyfriend and I, we've been dating for over two years. It was two years on Halloween. So we met during covid So we could not see each other at all. Like it was probably like from the day we met to the day we actually had an in-person date, it was probably five, six months. So you met met in person during COVID or you met over? We met. So we knew of each other because we went to – he went to a school that was close to mine. So I knew of him (laughs) before we started talking. Like I knew his name and his face and that Uh was about it. And then he – slid into my DMs, as they would say, uh, over COVID. We got to know each other more. And then four, five, six, I have no concept of time, months (laughs) later, that is when he came came into my life in person. Mm -hmm. And we had our first in-person date, which was, um, it was, we decided to go to a spirit Halloween Mm -hmm. because (laughs) Halloween is a very big part of my life. And I love Halloween so much and he was like let's make it a date and I was like okay so we just wandered around for like three hours four hours Mm. just talking in this random (laughs) department store with all these Halloween decorations and it was just it was amazing and one of the songs we listened to uh while on that date and I discovered around the time that we started seeing each other in person and started dating a month later uh, was this song. So it's every single time I hear, I'm like, oh, the good old days. And like I go back in my head to our first date. All right. Well, let's go back to the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
This is uh, Kilby Girl uh, from Backseat Lover's 2019 album, When We Were Friends. It's Tatum Bates' third and final song here on Three Song Stories. Do you guys ever do that for a date since then? <laughs> um, yeah, yes. We actually... We'll go and we'll be like, let's go on our first date. And then we go to Spirit Halloween. Of course, it's seasonal. So we can only do it like <laughs> in that like month and a half period where <laughs> there is a Spirit Halloween. But do you remember when I said no song hit me emotionally? Yeah, I'm a big fat liar. Totally started crying during that. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> so we went to Spirit Halloween. And then to be honest, we wandered around like target and we just wandered around all these stores almost like like where we are now like what we would consider a date now in our relationship how it's just like just existing with each other like and I was surprised like we kind of just like grasped onto that very early on like I was very happy it wasn't like oh going to dinner or a movie or something because because we weren't focusing on an activity we were just wandering it gave both of us so much more room to like actually talk and we weren't focused on what we were eating or what music was playing like something happening at another table or like we were just like there with each other and we do it all the time we'll just be like hey i gotta go run and grab something from walmart do you want to go with me and i'll be like yeah let's go it's a date Mm -hmm. like and i don't know just to coexisting next to each other is enough hmm. we're gonna enter the speed round tatum Ooh, okay. are you ready yeah yeah uh you know you perform a lot in front of people we said right yes. like almost every day yes i um, do karaoke yes no um i don't consider myself like a singer per se that's like, not what i asked <laughs> i can do care i guess yeah do you do karaoke um i guess i can what would be your go-to song if you had to do karaoke real slim shady by eminem that's impressive Y'all act like you've never seen a white person before. Jaws on the floor like panic, comma, just prison doors, starting whooping her. Mm. First and before, the first divorce, uh, first and of our furniture. Ah, it's a turn the all way. No way, you're kidding. He didn't it just say what I think it is, did he? And Dr. Dre said, nothing, it is Dr. Dre's dad. He's locked in my basement. <laughs> Very nice. Feminist woman in love with Eminem. Ticket, 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 slim shady. I'm sick of him. Look at him walking around. Oh, that's really good. Okay, the pretty this is a strong showing, by the way, to show up at karaoke night for like with an Eminem song. <laughs> some people are going to cheer, and some people are going to just leave. I know um, <laughs> the room is going to be so polarized. <laughs> um, okay, so you said you don't listen to um, musical music, like mu- music from musicals, as yeah. like casual listening. Yeah. But do you have a favorite movie soundtrack that like you actually enjoy? It? Like, the, like when you think of that movie's music, you're like, I love that music. Ooh. Um. Ooh, I've never really thought about movies like that. Um, mm. I would say any of the ones where I'm like, oh, I love their soundtrack, I automatically think of movie musicals. Oh, yeah, okay. I do really like Moana. I think Moana has a lot of really good songs. Mm-hmm. Or Little Shop of Horrors. That I, is really good. And it's I a musical. It. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I think that Steve Martin's Be a Dentist is oh maybe uh, one of the best musical performances from him. And he is mm-hmm. a musical powerhouse anyway. Like he just – that quirky – Yes. sadistic character. As um, soon as we did Little Shop before I was at my school, my mom was like, you should try out for the dentist. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I'll get it, but I'll try. <laughs> yeah. And if I hear somewhere there's green, 
it's like um it's like weeks of it in my head it just mm-hmm. burrs its way in um, yes cool okay um if you were a championship uh, like a pro wrestler yes uh what would your walk-on music be <laughs> i would want something fun so i'm thinking like <laughs> you said pro wrestler my brain was like wwe yeah like one of those larger than life people i would want to be something super pumped and like energizing that doesn't fit like what I look like at all. Like probably like shots, shots, shots by, I think it's by Little Wayne. I think that would be so funny. Either that or the real Slim Shady because I think that and then I walk out is so funny. And that is all I would want. Is someone to be like, what? What's your wrestler name? Oh gosh. I feel like I put thought into this at some point. Probably something with the number 3000 in it for funsies. (laughs) Um, like the destroyer 3000 like something where you expect like Dwayne the Rock Johnson to walk out oh I get it and then it's 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 Tatum me love it like 5'4 little blonde girl yeah (laughs) I think yeah that's pretty good Um, (laughs) if you had a bartender friend uh, who's gonna make a new drink inspired by you not just like what you like to drink but like this drink is like Tatum Mm -hmm. uh, what would they put somewhere in the realm of like strawberry lemonade and Shirley Temple. I think I'm mm-hmm. somewhere in between because I would want something that's like sweet, but also like a Sour Patch Kid where it's like sour because mm-hmm. I think that describes my personality. Like I'm I'm sweet, but then I'm sour. No, that <laughs> sounded so pretentious. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. So like I'm sweet, but at the same time, I there's a lot to unpack and sure. I'm unexpected. Maybe a, maybe a liquor that you don't taste yeah, you don't taste it at first, maybe. But then and then halfway like, the drink, you're like, <laughs> whoa. I like this. Okay, yeah. what would you name that? Ooh, I feel like I would want it to be a play on my name, mm-hmm. but I don't know any plays on my name that are drinks. <laughs> I think something. Batum taste. I was just going to do it. Oh Batum my gosh, taste. Jared and I were like <laughs> we're wavelengthing through wavelength. this glass. All the time. Yeah, Batum Tates. <laughs> Batum Tates. Yeah. Does that have a ring to it? Well, no, you would, it would be like like B-A-I-T apostrophe E-M, like Batum Tates. <laughs> oh. Because like, it's like a sweet strawberry drink. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that answer. That's a lot cooler. <laughs> Than that's we can, anything I would have come happy up with. Happy to be a service. Good, like good work, Jared. I, <laughs> I could see it happening. I love it. What song do you wish you could hear again for the first time? I literally just posted about this. Oh, excellent. Okay, so there's a song by I think it's Rainbow Kitten Surprise. It's called. <laughs> it's co- it's literally called. Start quote. It's called Free Fall. End quote. Okay. So it's called. The name it's of the song is. It's called Free Fall. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It is. So beautiful, and it's so fantastic. Either that or the song Hologram by the Technicolors. Mm -hmm. It gives that feeling I was talking about before where it's like nostalgia for a place you've never been, and it's – And so so what about it makes you wish you could like forget it and then – Just like I remember listening to it and the first time listening to it being like, oh, my gosh, this is really really pretty. And then I know a song. I know I really like it if I want to search up the lyrics. Because then I'm like, oh, then I want to sing along to it. And then I want to actually know what it's saying mm-hmm. versus like, oh, this is a pretty song. So like I searched up the lyrics and I was like, I'm in love with it even more. I love songs that despite all three of my songs having a very basic setup where it's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. That song, like Bohemian Rhapsody in the sense where it doesn't have a structure. Oh, it just chorus. keeps going. Like it's there's like, more song. There's not really much of a structure. Mm-hmm. Like there's kind of a vague chorus, but it's 
the structure isn't conventional at all. And it's just so pleasing to the ears. And it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Is there a song that you loved so much that you overplayed it to yourself? Well, I still listen to it. So I'm still in the phase where I love it. So because I've been playing it for like the past two years, I might have gotten to the point where it's overplayed. Uh, Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne. I love that song more than life itself. I think I'm still in the high right now. And then in about a few weeks, I'll be like. (sighs) It's really catchy. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And uh, the palm palm mute. In the verse, at the like, dun, 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 it just gets a hold of you, you know. Man, it's the guitar solo yeah. for me. I'm a sucker. Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker do for do guitar do solos. Do I can't do help do it. Do. Yeah, t- yeah. Turn of the Millennium punk rock is uh, right inside Beautiful. my pocket. Yeah. If you could broadcast any song into the head of every single person in the world at the same time, what song would you send? <laughs> I can't tell if I would want to do a song that I think is pretty or be like, haha, y'all have I, to listen to you, crazy for, or looked, like the hamster dance. <laughs> yeah, you looked like you wanted to cause some mischief as, <laughs> when I asked the question. Um, I would probably want to do – that was a loud tongue pop I just did. Um, sorry. <laughs> I think I would probably want to do – it's called Free Fall. I'd want to do that song. Mm. Like, I wouldn't want to be annoying. I mean, if I was feeling mischievous, I would definitely do, like, the hamster dance or, like, Sweet Caroline. Like, something oh, that, geez. like, like the I, whole think world. It, I think it'd be so funny. But if I like human beings that day, sure. then I would do It's Called Freefall. Got it. If you only had one album for the rest of your life as your music, what would you take? Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go with my first answer because the first thing that popped into my head where I've consistently listened to many songs from the same mm-hmm. album was Shrek the Musical. It's the lightning round. That's your answer. Oh, man. You <laughs> yeah. know what? Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. Does Shrek the Musical have I Need a Hero? Because that's from the second movie. No, but, oh, it doesn't. That's a shame. Does it have All Star on it? Does it? <laughs> the I musical? Know it... it doesn't. Jared says it does not. Yeah, that's, that's a rough one. <laughs> it's just weird to think of Shrek without All with, Star. Without All, All the other music is so good. <laughs> they couldn't have played it because they had to play a song to set up the prologue, they, Jared. They also, I don't know if they could have afforded <laughs> no. to that's fair. pay that at that time. Probably no. Smash Mouth would be happy to take like a gig a, where they anything. can get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what band or music have you recently discovered that you think is worth mentioning here? Like, um, I have discovered there is this artist. Her name is Dead, D-E-H-D, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it would be like punk, metal, rock, screamo. Sure. It is not at the absolute least. Like it's very uh, – the lyrics – like it's probably the same set of lyrics for the entire song mm-hmm. kind of song, but it's so nice like just like vibing in the car very much. It's very calming. What would your 14-year-old self think of who you are today? She'd think she was so cool. Yeah. Like, she would be so proud. She'd be like, oh, we're pretty now? Like, <laughs> she, like, I don't I don't think she'd believe it. Like, a month ago, me wouldn't believe where I am now. It's, and this always happens to me. I don't know why I'm surprised. Every single time it happens. Like, my life just goes on all these fun adventures. Like, I'm like, sure, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then, boop a bop like, I'm on a podcast now. <laughs> I never thought that would... I'm on two, technically. Yeah. I'm like, I never thought that would happen. Even... Shout outs. Yeah, so you're, you're <laughs> also... You are also uh, one of the new kind of additional hosts to Razzle Dazzle, yes. which is Jared's podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, and you are also, having been here now, uh, have helped me to complete the host set. <laughs> uh, we've had every host on the show Got now. 
Um, so it's um, a funny story how she came on. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, to the do the short version. So she came on for a future episode that's gonna be released in April, I guess. We did um, a Hamlet Shakespeare. (gasps) Oh right, you were in Hamlet. I'm gonna be Hamlet. You were Hamlet in April. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we wanted to do that episode like ahead of time. And Joe's like, oh, I know someone who's going to be Hamlet. I like your Joe voice. Yeah. <laughs> so I know someone who's going to be Hamlet uh, in the actual show for FGCU. So why don't we have her as a guest? And I'm like, okay, what's what's their name? Tatum Bates. I'm like, I heard that name before somewhere. I don't know. She came in. We had a great time. It was a, it was a, it was a nice vibe. And um, after the episode, Patrick, you know, we were all talking. And Patrick was like, you know, you know, if only like you were part of the uh, part of the show and stuff, and I'm like, why not? And you know, we turned to her, and she was like, was "Okay." Like, <laughs> literally right in front of me, I was like, "Don't feel pressured to say yes. Like yeah. it's okay. Like I'm not here." <laughs> <laughs> so she she was just like, "All right, I, I guess I'll join." We're like, "Cool. See you next week." <laughs> You're on a show. You host the show. It's crazy, man. Uh, what would you tell that 14 year old version of yourself if you could uh, give her a message? Uh be more comfortable, kind of like whatever I feel like almost everyone tells their younger younger self. Just like, don't listen to what people say. Um, stop being clumsy. Um, <laughs> uh, like just, I don't know. Just be yourself. Like so cliche, but it's true. There's a reason like, though, because I was I was scared of like being myself or like wearing certain makeup or like doing all this stuff or acting a certain way. It's like, just be comfortable. Like literally 99% of the time, the people you're performing for are never going to see you again. So what does it matter? Like, they're not going to speak to you one-on-one. They're not going to see you. Like some of the best advice I've ever gotten was the people that you're auditioning for, because I'm constantly auditioning for a bunch of people. The people you're auditioning for, they're rooting for you. And that is one of the most helpful pieces of advice I've ever gotten was like, the people I'm performing for are rooting for me. They literally just want to see me do my best. Hmm. So why worry? Hmm. So I still get nervous and worry a lot, but a lot less than little little baby 14-year-old Tatum. Where can people find uh, anything that you're working on? So I'm a special effects makeup artist on uh-huh. TikTok. Uh-huh. So my handle for that is Tatum the Bates. Uh-huh. Um, very official. And then on Instagram, I'm constantly posting about – I have three pet rats, so I'm constantly posting about them <laughs> or films I'm doing or plays I'm doing. And my username is just Tatum.Bates. Tatum like Channing, Bates like Norman, but I'm none like either. There you, well – I don't have a six pack like Channing, and I'm not a murderer like Norman. Well, no, maybe you're where they meet. In the- yeah, I'm right in the middle. <laughs> movie star, movie hope star, to be horror slasher movie. killer. <laughs> um, all right, uh, it is time for you to recommend three people who you think would be good additions for our show. They're going to hear you say their name right now and tell us who each of them are. Also, Jenny Bates, which is my mom. She's She's kind of like me, and she's sporadic, and she has a lot of life stories. She's just awesome and very, very interesting and fun as a person. And then the second would be Barry Cavan, who is a professor here. He is so interesting, and he's a theater professor. He does a lot of uh, directing, and he's also an acting professor. He's fantastic. He's had so many life experiences, and he's just full of stories all the time. 
And then the third person would be, she's a theater student here. Her name's Alexandra Adams. She's also in the voiceover class. Alex, yeah. So yeah, I think she would also make a really good addition. Okay. Well, uh, all three of those people will hear you say that just now. Cool. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully we can get some of them on uh, as soon as we can. Do you have any final thoughts for us, Tatum? This was fun. <laughs> those are, oh gosh, that sounded really girly and stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, this was really fun. Do um, it, yeah, do it in a different voice. <laughs> no, just like, I don't know, this is awesome. I've gotten so many new opportunities here at FGCU specifically, and it's insane. I remember being in high school and people calling me going to FGCU the easy route, the cop out. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's a smart route. And I came here and I'm getting all these amazing opportunities that I literally never thought. I sound like a commercial right now, but I'm getting all these fantastic opportunities and meeting amazing people who I never even thought in a million years that I would get the honor of working with. And just it's been great so far. So I'm really excited because I'm only a sophomore. So the night's still young. So I got a <laughs> got a lot more time here. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you made the S-Mart decision. <laughs> Groovy. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Media on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Richard Chinqui is co-creator, producer, and host. Tara Callaghan is our online content producer and host. Audio production is by Jared the Intern, Gonzalez. And Chris Duffis is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. Baby, come and dance with me. For this week's parting tune, we're going back just a few weeks to episode 245, where we had our first guest music roundup episode, a playlist of in-studio music performances by our guests. If you missed that the other week, do your ears a favor and get in on it. This is Kate Scales from episode 26, playing her original song, Saw It Coming. coming no i don't wanna go to sleep one night just you and me you know my love's not free and i know what makes you weak i saw it coming saw it coming saw it coming saw it coming to eat I know you think I taste so sweet oh you were somebody fine company but I got my own life to keep I saw it coming saw it coming saw it coming saw it
keep listening.